Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can save more, spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com's our main website, ClarkDeals.com, where you go to save money each and every day as we get closer and closer to Christmas. I know it's weird that we are already in the heart of the bargain season for Christmas shopping. The next four weeks are when most of the deals are made available, and we will keep you up to date on those. So coming up in just a few minutes in today's Clark Rage, there's a company that I have long respected that is going to make its second visit to a Clark Rageous moment. It's Tia, and I'm going to tell you what's going on with them and why the millions of people who have accounts at TIA need to be wary. When you hear what I have to say, you'll know why. And later yet, cameras appearing everywhere, including potentially on employees that do business with the public. I'm going to fill you in on that. And what you need to know is signs start to appear about you being on video surveillance. And talking about shopping, which I was referring to just a minute ago, I want to talk about something that is so important if you shop at stores that are both online and have physical stores. Often, with free shipping being so widely available, you assume, and it's logical, you would, that when something's on sale online, that it's the same price in the actual physical store. And then you're getting free shipping. What could be better, right? Except wrong. It could be very often more expensive at the dot-com of a physical retailer than in the actual physical store. And I told you two months ago about Walmart offering a program where things would pop up and say if you accept store delivery, it would be cheaper than if you had it delivered to your home, even though it was free shipping either way. Now Walmart's going a step further And with many items you'll see at walmart.com, one of my Eagle Eye Clark Deal staffers noticed, and then I went and looked and read about it, it's true, that Walmart will say on walmart.com, this item is this much less in the store. Not even having something shipped to store, just telling you if an item is available at walmart.com that's also sold inside the four walls of a Walmart, that they will notify you when you're shopping that it's cheaper in the store. Now, think about the logic of this. If it's a regularly stocked item and their distribution system has already brought it to the store, there's an extra layer of cost in them sending the item to you. So even if the item qualifies for free shipping, the reality is the store will charge more for the item or lose money on the sale of it to you. So I like how Walmart's being transparent 
And I wish Costco would become more transparent in this area. Costco.com sells items that are not sold in the store, including other items that are sold in the store. And almost always the items are cheaper in the warehouse than they are at Costco.com, even when Costco.com has free shipping. So Costco has a general disclaimer about that. I wish they were more open and upfront about that. But I just want you to know that when you're shopping at any bricksandmortar.com, traditionalretailers.com presence, know that that convenience of having something coming to your door is going to cost you in many cases. And if you routinely go buy one of the stores or shop in one of the stores anyway, why don't you buy the item in the store instead of at the .com and save yourself money? Charles is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Charles. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Great. Thank you. What's going on, Charles? Uh, so I was listening to a recent podcast of yours, and you had indicated that almost all 20-somethings should be utilizing a Roth option for their retirement savings. Um, Instead of a traditional I'm, 401k, are you offered both? I am offered both. Um, and while a Roth option is probably the best option right now, uh, for the future, what do you consider to be the level of income uh, for it to be worth switching? Well, some of that's going to depend on what Congress ends up doing with tax brackets. But <laughs> if you were to look just generally as um, as a threshold where you start to get to where doing a traditional IRA, 401k would be better probably than doing a Roth 401k, you have to have an annual income as a single individual north of $100,000. Okay. And a married couple, probably somewhere like 150. Okay. So that's a, we're talking about a small segment of the population. Are you up in rarefied income air yet in your 20s? Uh, no. Okay. So for you, let's hope you get up there. It's nice to be in that rarefied air. <laughs> but in the meantime, your tax bracket would be lower enough that over time it would definitely pay off for you to be in the Roth 401k. Does your okay. employer offer any match on that? Uh, yes. So it's, you would uh, still be doing both, you know, because the employer match works under traditional rules and is subject to tax when you retire. And so you would have a pre-tax pile and a post-tax pile anyway, even mm-hmm. right from the beginning. That makes sense? Yes. Yes, it does. Okay, so what percent of your pay are you able to put in your 401k? Uh, Right now, I'm doing about 21%. Okay, I can't believe you said it so flatline. Do you know how incredible that is and how proud you should be of yourself? (laughs) Well, it's uh, it's from listening to you. Well, no, no, you get 100% of the credit. Because you're the one who's living on 79 cents out of each dollar, so you can build an incredible future for yourself. So you're saving 21%, and then how much match do you get? What percent of your pay is matched? Uh, They match uh, 50% up to 6%. 
So you're saving basically at this point effectively a quarter of your paycheck. Mm -hmm. Outstanding, outstanding. And you're creating, doing this in your 20s, you're creating a glide path to enormous financial independence later. Good job. Jeff joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Jeff. Hey, how's it going? Great. Thank you, Jeff. So, Jeff, where do you live? I live up in Alaska. And that relates directly to the question you're going to ask me, because everybody in Alaska has to deal with the problem you're calling me about continually, don't they? (laughs) That's correct. So, lay it out for your fellow listener. Okay, so I got a cracked windshield, and... Um, and explain to your fellow listener why that is the curse of driving in Alaska for everyone who drives there. Oh, well, you know, the highway all the way up here, they say it's paved, but when you drive it, you find it's... <laughs> yeah, you find, That's, you, find you call that paved? <laughs> <laughs> but you find that there's road construction. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, so cracked windshield. So anyway, um, I got a cracked windshield, and I thought, okay, well, I'll just call my insurance company. And in retrospect, I think I may have made a mistake. I'm not sure. That's why I'm calling you. Um, because I have a $1,000 deductible, and the, ins- and the uh, insurance company mentioned it's 750 to repair that windshield. So it's under deductible. Yeah, so, so you never, about, you're doing the right thing having the $1,000 deductible on comprehensive, that is the right move, because yeah. the only time you ever want to make a claim against your insurance is when it's something catastrophic. And in yeah. your case, that's that even though it's a pain to have to buy a new windshield, it's not, a, it's not what would be considered to be a catastrophic loss. So right. you normally right. would not even call them. You would just shop around, because did you know that the price of a windshield varies a lot from one windshield company to another? Um, well, it's possible. This this windshield is kind of a busy windshield. It has a rain sensor on it and has a camera in there for lane departure. So I thought this broken windshield is going to be a little expensive, and it might um, might be something I wanted my insurance company to cover. However, it's $750, so it's less than the $1,000. So you got to pay it out of your pocket anyway. That's right. Is, is your insurer treating it as a what they call a non-cost claim that they're going to put in your record in the insurance industry database that you have a a claim even though they didn't pay for it? Well, it it is in the record now. Ugh. How they how they score that um, next year when I renew my insurance? I'm not sure. Well, that's that's a different issue. There's a there's a insurance industry database called uh, the clue report okay where insurers can put a mark on your record and then it makes it uh, very difficult and very expensive for you to shop for a different insurer because they say oh jeff just had a claim last year i don't want him (laughs) and that's why i advise not to call an insurer until you're really comfortable that you're going to need to involve them in a claim. Okay. So well, they and how question. they came up with the euphemism, the terminology, a no-cost claim is just absolutely atrocious 
because they use it as a way to punish you even though you didn't cost them any money. Right. Okay, so in, in retrospect, I should have researched this, discovered that it was 750 and go like, don't call the insurance company, it's on me for this windshield. Exactly, and, and, and you know, however, now you know this played, forever. Yeah, but I've already played my card. I called them up, asked right. them, it's in my record, and I'm going to check that clue report. I don't know if there's a website for that or whether yeah. I can... The website is, oh, this is pretty wordy. I uh, just do instead of me giving the the million character web address. Okay. Just whatever search engine you use, just do Clue Auto Report. C L U E Auto Report. Give okay. it about put it on your calendar for about two months from now. Yep. And that's when you'd be able to see if they've popped you into the database. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Clark. And I've got a direct link for anybody who missed that at Clark.com. And when do you get to see the sun again, Jeff? Uh, well, it's uh, 9.20 in the morning right now. I'll see it in uh, probably about two hours. <laughs> <laughs> You're so much tougher than I am. Good for you that you can do that. It really pains me to bring you today's Clark Rages moment because it concerns an organization that I have long respected used to be known as Tia Kreff, now Tia, that provides the retirement plans for so many teachers, hardworking teachers, college professors, education staff, hospital workers, those at nonprofits, and to tell you about some of the dirty stuff going on at Tia, taking advantage of people who've trusted them with their money, just does eat at me in today's Clark Rage. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. The problems with Tia that have been uh, written about so much in the media lately concern not when somebody is working with a hospital as a hospital employee or school system employee or whatever. It is at the time that somebody leaves employment or retires, and the state of New York now has hit Tia with subpoenas because of potential violations that could lead to civil or criminal charges against Tia for engaging in terrible practices. One of the internal phrases used is, if they cry, they buy, that employees were under a lot of pressure to create fear in people at the time they retired so they could then con them into buying ultra-high-cost investments. Another piece of printed material that Tia does not deny, make the client feel the pain. This is terrible stuff. And, you know, ultimately, through uh, investigations by various enforcers, regulators, and legal authorities, it'll come clear how dirty the rot may have been or is inside Tia the overriding point is that you when you're dealing with your money particularly if you've been diligent about saving money over your working lifetime you have to be more than careful when it comes time to making decisions and who to trust 
with your money at that time of retirement. And this is tough for us because it's hard enough for us to get in gear saving the money. It's a lot more to ask of us to be able to make good decisions about how to make sure that money we've saved lasts for us through the remainder of our lifetime. And that's why at a time of retirement, we are so much more vulnerable to being taken advantage of because that big pile of money hopefully is there, if there is a big pile of money. And we want to make sure we don't end up impoverished later in old age. So please be very careful, and I will continue to guide you about the right ways to get advice you can trust. And I hope that Tia will once again get to a point where I can say, without reservation, they're a good place to trust. Glad you're here with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, and you can follow me at Facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Follow this. I don't know if you heard, there's a story about all these cameras popping up all over the place that one of the big sellers of cameras in the United States supposedly is a a Chinese manufacturer with ties to the Red Army. (laughs) That the cameras you're buying, ultimately, who knows if they'd ever be used for any kind of uh, espionage activity. But I can tell you that the cameras I have at my house... There's nothing interestingly interesting enough to go on to want to turn the cameras against me anyway. <laughs> oh, remember early in the digital camera stuff, we talked about people that were earning a living having cameras on themselves 24 hours a day. There were people that were doing that that I, I guess we, we were bored in our lives and people were watching people's cameras. And, uh, you know, that they would have trained on their lives. They get to know. It was like a Truman Show kind of thing, if you know that movie from many years ago. Well, now one airline in France is equipping its employees with cameras that they can activate if things get untoward with a customer. And I think that because of everything that happened from the United incident where they beat up the doctor on the airplane and that led to a bunch of copycat videoing, videotaping, and there's been all these incidents like the one where the American flight attendant threatened to beat up a woman and all that. I mean, and all this stuff captured on video. So... There are there's two sides to these stories because I fly almost every week and there are a lot of times that I see passengers that are ridiculous. Sorry, we're not all perfect and there are people that are not behaving well and we're all in these tight crowded spaces. So I'm expecting that what's happening in France will become common with various airlines where employees will be allowed and authorized, probably with company-issued miniature cameras, to shoot their own video if something does occur on an aircraft. The most important thing is there are always going to be a certain number of unpleasant people out there. 
maybe airline employees, customers, just in daily life, there are people who aren't always so pleasant. The important thing for us is to chill as much as we can. You know, some of the grace that we all are capable of but fail to use on a daily basis a lot of times is really what's called for. When I think about people getting enraged in traffic and getting fired up towards each other and then these things can end so badly in violence or in auto accidents, we need to just take it easier, breathe deeply, and everything's going to be just fine. My daughter talks about taking in a breath for seven, is it seven seconds, holding it for eight and breathing it out over 10 or something like that. And it just completely calms you. Am I just, you hear the calm zen kind of energy I'm trying to give you. So yeah, cameras are everywhere and they're going to be a lot more. And this Christmas, one of the big electronic sellers are going to be Cameras that you put up around your home or apartment. And the wonder of the ring doorbell. I was on an airplane yesterday sitting next to a woman who her notification popped up on her ring and her children had ordered pizza. And I guess she didn't know that. And she was watching the video and saw the delivery person leave the two pizzas and the big two-liter bottle of beverage and then left. And she felt more at peace knowing why somebody had been at her door and why the doorbell had rung. And so these technologies have real virtue, but also, again, the idea of video surveillance everywhere A lot of it is stuff that is all about us just being better behaved. Fred's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Fred. Hey, Clark. How you doing? Pretty good. So you want to wish upon a shopping site? Yes. I ran into this actually shopping uh, app, which apparently has a site, and my question is how how safe is that that seems to be based overseas? Yeah, so you're talking about the Wish app and the Wish.com. I yep. assume most of the shopping is happening on phones or tablets, yeah. potentially on laptops. So what Wish does, and they have a companion site called Geek, an app for Geek, and that's more heavily electronics-oriented, is these are things heavily made in China, and elsewhere in Asia, that instead of going through a distributor and going to a U.S. seller, you can buy directly from the company that manufactures the item. And you can tell that you really are, in many cases, dealing with very small manufacturing companies because the description of the product many times will be in very poor English. But the (laughs) items range in quality from uh, decent to absolutely stuff that you wouldn't use or put on your own body. But the prices are extraordinary. You look at the prices and you think it can't be real, right? Right. Yeah, they're, they're real. The shipping time, 
sometimes can be forever and a day. Okay. Expect shipping to take, for so many items, to take about six weeks. Wow. And they come in these envelopes that are, it's a program the U.S. Post Office has with the Chinese Post Office, and the items come at very, very inexpensive shipping charges. They declare a value for U.S. Customs, and the item just shows up in your mailbox. Okay. So that the quality is variable, and if you buy any clothing, you need to pick a size that's so much larger than you would normally wear. Uh, I bought a jacket on Wish two years ago as we got towards the cold weather season, and I bought a 5XL, and it's too small for me. Oh, wow. I normally wear a men's medium. And a 5XL was too small. Okay. So uh, I have a, a child who loves ordering from Wish, and it's it's funny. She also orders, have you seen Alibaba, AliExpress? Yes. So AliExpress is typically a little more expensive than Wish, and the goods tend to be a little higher quality, but they are... Uh, direct competitors, essentially. Okay. So what do you think you're going to do? Well, I thought I'd give it a try. Um, I mean, you get what you pay for, obviously. Some of these things are pretty low in price, but I wanted to give it a try. Yeah, and I found that um, when I used to, up to a couple years ago, I used to order frequently from Wish and Geek. I found that the electronics often would not be high enough quality, like charger cables and things like that, were not of a quality that was durable. But that was just my experience. Scott's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Scott. Good afternoon. How are you? Great. Thank you, Scott. Hope everything's wonderful in your world. A little bit chilly, but that time of year. Well, how may I be of service? Well, I'm actually I'm going through school right now for diesel technology. Uh, I'm going to be a diesel mechanic. I've worked on cars and trucks pretty much, you know, the last five to seven years. And, you know, I'm having trouble finding work in the industry. Um, I have a couple felonies in my background. And even these companies that say they hire felons, you know, don't don't seem to have a place for me. And I'm just wondering, is there something that, you know, I need to say or, you know, somewhere I need to look? Because, I mean, I've, I've got a family that I'm trying to provide for. Exactly. I'm trying to get my, uh, you know, my life straightened out and all of that. And it seems like, you know, everywhere I turn, it's, you know, thanks, you're not good enough. I am I'm very familiar with this and I it's very important to me that you did your time that you be able to uh, with the new skills you have be able to earn a living and be on the right side of the law and provide for your family the rest of your life and that's why I'm such a fan of programs that are growing around the country that help people who are uh, former offenders be able to be employed in jobs where you 
have the opportunity with the skills you have to prove yourself. Is there no program in your area, Scott, that advocates for uh, former prisoners for getting employment that you're aware of? Or I, I haven't been able to find one. I've talked with, uh, I'm on a suspended sentence. I've talked with my parole officer, and I mean, they just, they have a list of companies that say they hire felons. But, but you then know, you go and they don't. In those. Yeah, I've done some research on those, and it seems like, you know, everything I've read, you know, they have one or two people on their payroll that, you know, have a criminal background. It just seems like it's diversity hiring. You know, they don't, they don't actively hire felons. They just, have felons on staff and they get a tax break for it well i actually spoke at a conference that took place in florida last year that was for uh programs for transitioning into employment that were people from all over the country and what i would like to do is see if i can find one for you in your area where exactly do you live Uh, i live in Tulsa, oklahoma all right. Well, I'll see if we can find one in Tulsa that can help you with finding employment. Because here you are. I mean, you didn't play any games with me. You told me straight up that you had ended up with a couple of felonies. You've turned your life around. You're getting skills that are needed in the marketplace. And now you're running into a brick wall. And that is really disturbing to me. And so I'm going to see if there is any advocacy organization that I can get you with in Tulsa or nearby Tulsa, okay? I appreciate that. Um, One other thing, with being a diesel mechanic, you said diesel, right? That's the area of skill? Yes. There are small independent shops, rather than going to work for a larger employer, that you may be able to find employment with that are just looking for workers and aren't going to eliminate you because of prior history. But, I hadn't thought of that. Because if you, as you get to larger employers and more bureaucratic ones, the answer seems, no matter what, always to be no. Right. And that's why looking at a small independent shop may be what might be of help to you. Now, are you still in the mechanic program, or have you finished? Uh, yes, I'm still in it. Um, I'll finish uh, about June of next year. Have you asked any of your instructors for a referral to small independent shops? Um, no, like I said, I hadn't really thought of uh, going to a small independent shop. I don't know why, because, uh, I mean, it just makes sense. You know, you get away from the bureaucratic platform. You know, you're dealing with, a lot of times, the owner or, you know, somewhere you know higher up that actually you know runs the company and you're dealing with a person instead of just a corporation exactly whatever happened to corporations what happened to human feeling hang on just a second we're going to see if we can find a good path for you an advocacy group that is expert in your area might be able to help you move on to this next chapter of your life Heather's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Heather. How's it going for you today? Very well. How are you today? Great. Thank you. You got a question for me about something that makes people's eyes glaze over because they get so confused. 
This what is, is that? so true. Yes, I'm curious as to how we should discern how much to deposit in our HSA. As much as you possibly can. This is an HSA, not an FSA? Yes, sir. So health savings account money can be carried forward year to year for the rest of your life, and there are massive tax advantages into putting money into an HSA as much as you possibly can. Okay. And then secondly, how should we discern what percentage to invest versus versus keep as cash? Wonderful question. Okay. So if you have means to pay your out-of-pocket medical care each year up to your deductible on your own, you want to invest all the money in the HSA. Okay. On the other hand, if you would need the money when you have out-of-pocket medical expenses, then you need to keep a substantial amount of the money not invested and just available in whatever um, account they have where you given like a prepaid card that you can use to present. Yeah we're, yeah, we're given a prepaid card and then there's an investment threshold. Okay. So uh, are you going to need the money to pay bills over the year or can you just stash it all away and leave it? We can just stash it. If you can stash it, you invest it all. And don't okay. ever be tempted each year to use any of that money because the higher your income, the more massive the tax advantage is with an HSA putting in the maximum money each year and then having that money grow tax-free and then be spent tax-free decades down the road. So, so if, if for some reason we were to come into, we had several emergencies and we were to come into some situation, would it behoove us to save all medical receipts, say we break an arm and have to go to the emergency room and get that sorted? Because it, in five years down the road, you can still apply old medical receipts for HSAs, correct? I didn't know that. You're teaching me something. I don't know. That's I didn't know. I, I was not aware of no a, window. I was not aware of a look back like that that you could go back to old unreimbursed expenses. But gosh, if you can do that, that's awesome. Yeah, and I'm not sure. That's just kind of tooling around trying to do research on the internet, and that's why I finally wrote in to talk to y'all because I wasn't sure. The HSAs, though, the greatest advantage is not figuring out how you're going to spend the money. It's how to figure out not to spend it and let it grow and grow and grow as a tax-free pile of cash. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, take time to write a review. It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews.